We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash lawless. Just go to Indeed.com slash lawless right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed com slash lawless. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hello, sunshine. I'm Alexis Lawless, and welcome to the State of the Union pod presented by State Farm. That is David Mossy. The great David Mossy has, uh, has decided to grace us with his presence, which is good. He comes, he goes, but when he's here, it's so much fun, and we're so glad to have him. All right, we're going to get right to it because there, this was a nutty, nutty day in the World Cup. Uh, back and forth, all sorts of stuff. We just got off the set. Um, Japan ends up winning the group and beating Spain, a group that, by the way, Japan beat both Germany and Spain. Germany's out. Japan and Spain go through. Costa Rica's out. Uh, just initial thoughts first before we, we get into the uh, nuts and bolts here. What was nutty about it? You didn't have Japan and Morocco winning their groups? <laughs> um, but yeah, this was the only group, uh, Group B, we're talking about uh, in the tournament that had two past champions in Spain and Germany. And the fact that Japan beat them both uh, coming from behind to do so and sandwiched in between loss to Costa Rica is just th or utterly bizarre. But that's how it played out. Uh, they get first place uh, and Spain advance in second. So, you know, we came on air with uh, with this game and, and talked about the amount of passes and Stu, you know, put the over under at 750, which, by the way, they, they, they blew by. So from that perspective, this was a Spain that kept plenty of, uh, 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 you know, plenty had plenty of passing. But. I mean, Japan, you got to take your hat off to this Japanese team in terms of what they've done. Um, the, the, the substitute patterns and the impact of substitutes. Ultimately, Morata gets the goal, and you think, ah, oh, Spain's going to cruise. They're going to have plenty of possession. They're going to have plenty of goals. Uh, Doan, uh, again, coming off the bench. Tanaka, and in that spell of, what was it, three minutes? completely turned this game on the head and, in doing so, completely turned the, the group on the head. Now, keep in mind, on the other side, we had Germany and Costa Rica going on. Germany came out flying. Serge Gnabry, then Kai Havertz, then Fulkrug. Uh, and also between that, Tejada and, uh, and Vargas scoring for, uh, for Costa Rica. Kai Havertz with two coming off, of, uh, coming off the bench. So this was, uh, like I said, this was, uh, this was nutty. Um, I, guess, I, I guess first, wax poetic about Japan if you can. 
No, it's an incredible achievement. And, you know, Japan, if you recall, played the U.S. Uh, mm -hmm. in one of those September friendlies and, and beat them 2-0, and it was worse than that. They played them off the field. And I think everybody came away from that match feeling like this is a dangerous team that uh, could make some noise. Remember, they got to the round of 16 of the last World Cup, lost to Belgium one of the matches of the tournament. They had a 2-0 lead in the second half, squandered it. Uh, so I, I did think they could be frisky, and if either Spain or Germany weren't at their best, Japan was a threat to snatch one of those spots. But again, the way it played out was amazing to, to, for them to beat Spain and Germany and lose to Costa Rica. I mean, that's not how I drew it up. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> And Hajimi uh, Moriasu, uh, I think Stu said on the, the set that coach of the tournament so far in terms of, look, we, we judge coaches ultimately on the changes that they make, the personnel, the substitutions that they make, and everything that he touched seems to turn to gold. Now, should we talk about the second goal? Yes, we should talk about the second goal. So Japan scores their first goal. Okay, things, things can happen. And then a couple minutes later, they score the second goal. Now, the controversy around this goal is, was the ball over the line or not over the line? For anybody that's watched soccer long enough to know that your eyes can play tricks on you when it comes to over the line. And as we know, the law states the entire ball has to be over the entire line. And just because a ball looks like from the eye test that it is over the line doesn't mean it because what you really have to do is take almost a glass pane off of the line and just go straight up. And as we know, a round ball, a sphere, it can look like it's over the line and still not be when it comes to the little part on the side, on the side there. And ultimately, I think that's what the decision was. My major problem, and I'm still having a problem right now, and we are doing this in real time right after uh, the game. So by the time you're listening to this, by the time you're watching this, if you're not watching it live, and we love that you're watching it live, it might have changed. My question was, the AR put the flag up. If in that moment the AR put the flag up to indicate that the ball, they believed that the ball was over the line, then that in that moment is the call on the field. Unless, unless the referee or something said, no, that's a bad call and I'm, a better, I'm in a better angle to look at it and I don't think that it's over the line. Uh, so, because ultimately, when it came down to the, re uh, the review, they came to the conclusion that they had, they did not have sufficient evidence. What's the uh, the term that they used uh, for uh, conclusive? Conclusive evidence to overturn the call to say that this ball was actually out over the line. Fine, but if the call is that the ball is over the line from the AR, then that's the call that you are looking to overturn and review. And so if you come back and say that there's no conclusive evidence, what you're saying is there's no conclusive evidence to the call that was made on the field, which was the AR putting up the flag. So that's, that's, what, I, that's what I don't know. Now, maybe the AR put the, up the flag for some ridiculous uh, other reason, or maybe the, the, the center, uh, or maybe the center referee said, no, I'm just going to overrule that. It doesn't matter ultimately. Well, it does matter, but ultimately Japan gets the goal and Japan goes on. Yeah, it's a great story, but it, it, unfortunately it is a bit tainted because I agree with you. I thought that was uh, shambolic. Uh, to me, there was clear evidence that the ball was out. And even if you don't think there was, to your point, it seemed like the original call in the field was that it was out. So you needed to have had conclusive evidence to overturn that. Right. And then uh, so, show us, by the way. Yeah. If you do have conclusive evidence, then you would have to show us. Yeah, and and had that goal not been scored and that game finished 1-1, the way everything else played out, Germany would have gone through, Japan right. so it makes would have been difference. out, Spain would have won the group, so we would have had a whole different bracket than we do now. All right, uh, Costa Rica, valiant effort and an interesting tournament, and you you know, you know went up, you went down, you went up, and uh, you went down, but the Ticos go home, and then 
There was one when it comes to the United States, the only CONCACAF team left in this tournament. So not a great showing from the four, uh, from, well, three of the four CONCACAF teams. The U.S. continues on. So goodbye, Ticos. Pura Vida only lasts for so long. The other two games quickly, because I know Mossy has to get uh, back and get some, uh, uh, get some rest. Croatia and Belgium finish 0-0. Morocco 2, Canada 1. Morocco, as you mentioned, wins the group. Canada goes 0-3, although they put up a valiant effort in, uh, in, uh, in that game. Croatia and Belgium 0-0. Belgium plunged from the moment that they stepped on the field here in, uh, in Doha, Qatar, in terms of my top 10 uh, rankings. They went out of the club. Uh, they were a shadow of any former self that they were. They were disorganized. I thought that they were uh, dilapidated. And ultimately, I think that they were a dull team. And absolutely, Roberto Martinez said that's it. He is done. That's no surprise. He's been there two, uh, been there two cycles. My question to you, Masi, is did this Belgian team fail to live up to the golden generation? Because I think that unless you they needed to get to a final or win a final. I think this performance affects that narrative. I'm somebody that defended uh, this group and felt like finishing third at the last World Cup was a nice achievement. And had they had a similar run in this tournament, quarterfinal, semifinal, let's say, you know, I think holding them to the standard where they had to win a major trophy, I think, was a bit much. Uh, they, they still could have felt like they elevated Belgian football and took them to heights they hadn't been before. Although Belgium, it should be said, did get to a World Cup semifinal in 86, lost to Argentina. Maradona scored a goal in that game, which is almost as good as the England goal, which doesn't get talked about enough. They also had a very good team in 2002, by the way, which lost to Brazil in the round of 16. They had a goal wrongly disallowed Mark Wilmots in the first half of that game, which had that goal stood. <laughs> I'm not sure if Brazil would have gotten out of that game because Belgium were playing very well. But nevertheless, Belgium have had some good players in the mm -hmm. past, uh, but I think this generation took it to a different level. And uh, so had they had a credible showing at this World Cup, like I said, quarterfinal, semifinal, I think you could have had a case that the golden generation was actually a success, but crashing out the way they did, I think it reframes the whole narrative and it ends up feeling like a disappointment. All right, so put a fork in the Belgian uh, golden generation. What? I think in the final analysis, you know, we, we made such a big deal about the big three and, and two of the three just weren't physically up, yep. up to it in this World Cup. Lukaku got in today and, and almost scored, but uh, Hazard was just a shadow of his old self, so it really was just Kevin De Bruyne, and even he wasn't at his best in this tournament. So. And, and Lukaku was an emergency situation because right. it was very, very clear at the beginning of the World Cup that he was being brought to the World Cup for after the group stage. Well, they didn't even get that far. So back to the drawing board when it comes to Belgium, both, uh, well, to be quite honest, both on and off the field. You got something else? Yeah, very quickly on Morocco. They were the first African side to advance to the knockout stage of a World Cup back in 1986. They actually won their group in that World Cup, and they hadn't matched that achievement since. 36 years later, here they are winning their group again. Uh, give them loads of credit. Uh, I think, you know, Hakim Ziyech being welcomed back into the fold right. was very important because he had been banished there for a while. I was wondering if that was going to actually last through the <laughs> World Cup, but no, they came to their senses there because he's one of their best players. He scored today. Hakimi played very well in these three games, so their big players showed up the way they needed them to. Uh, and so, terrific achievement for them. To and they're, they're feeling it. And look, this is this is a World Cup, but this is a unique and different World Cup. And so, therefore, when I call it nutty, it's in the best possible sense. This is a type of stuff that you want to happen. You don't just don't you don't want the the same things and the same predictable things happening. And yes, there are plenty of usual suspects that are going to be involved here. But this makes it a better World Cup to have a team like Japan do something that people didn't think that uh, that a lot of people didn't think could happen to have a team like Morocco uh, win the group those types of things are absolutely wonderful and they 
they come to define the uh, the World Cup. And as you know, as the world turns, as time moves on, different things are going to happen. And so I think it's very fitting that we are seeing some of these things happening at this particular World Cup, given the unique aspect of uh, what uh, what Doha Qatar is for a World Cup. Mossy, anything before we go on the day? Uh, no African sides made the knockout stage last time around. We're seeing some strong performances. Senegal, Morocco, we've got Ghana tomorrow still in the mix. So uh, I think that's a positive, a step forward for African football. And yeah, just looking at this knockout stage bracket, the way it's shaking out, there are some interesting matchups. I'm I have to say, Brazil and Argentina do seem to be on a collision course for the semifinals. Things seem to be trending that way, although... They have to get by the U.S. first. Yeah. Well, Argentina has to get by the U.S. first, <laughs> right? I mean, oh, oh, you're laughing. Oh, you think that's funny. Oh, I yeah, do. laughing. I, I, your okay. belief on this U.S. team is, is sky high right now, I could tell. You, you, I do. You think something's happening I do. Listen, I, I, I know I wear my heart on my sleeve. I know that I'm biased. I know that sometimes I'm... I'm utopian or Pollyanna when I think about the, these things, but this but this particular team, yeah, it gets me excited. It gets me excited because they believe. I, I honestly believe that, that they believe in themselves. We can talk from the outside and I believe that we can win and do all that kind of stuff, but ultimately it's about them believing that they can do big things. And they have been nurtured from a very young age to be in this type of position. And it's a very, very different type of generation. It's a very, very different type of player than back when I was playing in a good way. It is an evolved player and it's a player that gets to a World Cup and isn't satisfied with just getting there, isn't satisfied with just getting out of the group, isn't satisfied with just going to the round of 16. They had their sights on winning the World Cup. And at some point, you have to do things that people believe you can't do. Fair enough. We've got fun next couple of days. We've got Brazil tomorrow. Uh, we are rolling out a B team. Uh, <laughs> which, which I feel so bad for Which for you Brazil means Real Madrid standouts. Oh, but, uh, and, then, and then the day after, we've got the United States. So I'll, I'll be back uh, the next couple of nights on the spot. You'll get a nice run of me. Listen, if, you're, if you are only listening to the show right now, I, 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 wish, I, could, I wish you could see Mossy's face. It's just, <laughs> it's just beaming right now. And if you are watching, you can see him beaming. All right. So anyway, Brazil, uh, Brazil tomorrow, uh, along with uh, you know, uh, just a finishing up of a <laughs> wild and crazy uh, group stage. So it's going to be fun. Join us back then. Uh, anything before we go, my friend? That's it. All right. Thank you so much for uh, joining us here on the State of the Union uh, presented by uh, State Farm. We will talk to you again from Doha. And until then, and as always, my friends, size the day.